Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois, and we have got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about all about black walnuts, growing it, harvesting, and preparing it. We're going to have nutrition and wellness educator Jenna Smith with us today. But before we get to Jenna, you know I can't do this by myself. I am joined, as always, every week by my co-host, horticulture educator Ken Johnson in Jacksonville. Hey, Ken. Hello, Chris. You enjoying this gross warm weather? Oh, it's great. It's so <laughs> wonderful right now. It's so hard to be in the office today, um, knowing what's ahead of us in like, what, a day? You know, a little bit over 24 hours, we're going to be in the 20s and teens. So it's going to be awesome. Mm. I don't think so. finally come in handy. Uh, that's a good point, but I don't, I, I'm not looking forward to it right now. I, there's so much more I could do outside. So uh, you can still do it when it's cooled out. It's just be more enjoyable. I don't know. It's, I guess so. I guess so. Ken, this is your weather. This is your time. <laughs> so your Christmas music started already. Yes. It goes year round, but uh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> So, Ken, today we are talking about black walnut uh, specifically, but I mean, walnut is a huge genus, uh, the Juglans genus, and so there's a lot of different plants out there. And so I think ones that people might be more familiar with in terms of when we say walnut is English walnut, which actually just kind of in reading for the show, I found out that's a, uh, it's a misnamed plant. It's not actually English at all. It's actually the Persian walnut is the more appropriate name for it um but but yeah i think in terms of walnuts there's there's quite a few of them and i think the most familiar one would be that that english or the correctly named persian walnut yeah that's the one we're going to find in in stores anyway mm -hmm. yeah i've actually grown a persian walnut from seed and this year 2022 i don't i can't remember if i already said this on the show i know i told you but not maybe i'll up on the, the show, show. I have? I don't know. I don't oh. think you have. Oh, I haven't? Oh, okay. So I propagated the seed in, 20, in 2006, 2022, we finally got a harvest of three English or Persian walnuts. It's great. <laughs> All that game. work. <laughs> Very long game. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So maybe there'll be more next year. Who knows? But, you know, if the tree dies tomorrow, I'd be like, hey, it can it can die and I'll be fine with it because <laughs> get your three walnuts, <laughs> my three walnuts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but but in terms of black walnut now, that is specifically Juglans nigra. That is the scientific name for that species. This is a native tree to North America, um, basically found throughout the Midwest, east part of the U.S., down south to Texas, Florida, up, you know, Canada, Maine, up in the, that neck of the woods. So wide distribution range. Um, and I was not as familiar with black walnut growing up, and I just figured out why, as, as we were talking before the show, Ken. Um, I grew up in my, ho my house. It, was, it had woods that were older, uh, old not old growth, but they were just older in terms of the succession stage that they were in. And black walnut is not tolerant of shade conditions. And so it, it, it could not have gotten started in the oak hickory forest that was uh, in my neck of the woods. So I really was not very familiar with this plant. Yeah, we had one in our yard growing up, but we never did anything with it. And then in our yard, now we've got 
<clears throat> neighbor has one that drops walnuts in their yard. So I am familiar with that, walking mm -hmm. on it and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. But yeah, not, I don't think it's a tree we necessarily see a whole lot because it is kind of a kind of a messy tree. You know, it's got these large nuts they're dropping and um, you know the leaves and small twigs and stuff that it'll drop. So probably not people's first choice when they're planting something in their in their landscapes. Right, right. And it, but it can also get pretty big. Uh, like how tall? I think we were uh, looking through some things. How tall are we talking here? Uh, was it fifty to seventy-five, and then some? You know, you have really good conditions, maybe up to 120, 150 feet. So we're talking massive trees, 50, 70 feet wide. Mm -hmm. So can can get pretty large if you if you've got the time and the and the proper conditions. And and one thing I didn't realize is it's more of a bottomland, so it likes more moist conditions. Um it'll still tolerate drier conditions, it just doesn't grow as fast. Um so you usually see it, you know, in forested areas, it's gonna be more the the bottom lands or, or more moist areas instead mm -hmm. of the the ridge tops and stuff. So that makes sense kind of where I'm at, where I live now, there's a lot of human made ponds and lakes and things. And we have a lot of black walnut in that, that area, especially. And so it, 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 it grows pretty prolifically and lots of wildlife also can utilize this. Um, you know, I, it's kind of comical to watch squirrels try to carry these things, but, but they will awkwardly move them around a little bit. Um, they bury them in my garden beds and such. Um, I don't know if they ever like eat them though. It sounds like it seems like a lot of trouble to go through for a squirrel. I think they just plant them everywhere and then laugh. They must. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, another black walnut planted. Uh, they'll thank me later. <laughs> yes, yes, because squirrels don't have the tools necessary, I think, uh, to get through all that husk in the shell. Um, the only tool they have is the persistence and the the dedication that that a squirrel would have so and time you know they have time so squirrels um so while we not be planting them in landscapes um they are relatively i guess they're relatively popular trees to plant in forested areas especially like more managed uh for timber especially for timber harvests you can make some some pretty good money if you've got some good size walnuts either for timber veneer uh, things mm -hmm. like that yeah, it, it, as a harvestable crop um, in our neck of the woods in central Illinois, people that want to invest in retirement income, um, they might plant a couple acres worth of walnut and 20, 30, if you, the longer you can let it go, you know, the more, more uh, in, uh, kind of yield and then more money you could probably get out of a uh, a timber stand of walnut that you might plant. So um, yeah, but but it takes time. It, it does take a little bit of maintenance and work in terms of managing that black walnut. I, I'd say the main thing, Ken, when I've visited these, these black walnut stands is the fact that you have to plant them close together with the idea that you're going to thin out them until you might be running out. Uh, you might be thinning out two for every three black walnut trees and so you know two-thirds of your trees might be gone by the time you do that final timber harvest yeah i think you're gonna be doing that with a lot of um trees or even i think you know if you're growing you know nut crops i think you know with, with chestnuts people that grow those a lot of times they'll mm -hmm. you plant dense and then as the so you get a bigger yield on the nuts not that you're doing black walnuts for nuts but and then thin them out as they get bigger 
Yeah. Um, and for the black walnut, is that so they can keep competition down and, and so the plants lose those lower branches so you get nice straight. Yep. Get those straight trunks, but then over time you have to thin them out so then the trees have the resources to develop into bigger, healthier trees. Yeah. Yeah. And that and then when they harvest black walnut, very often what is used, the wood is used as a veneer wood. Um, so, you know, paneling, cabinet making, uh, you know, a decorative items actually made a cutting board um, out of various pieces of wood. And, and, and I have two strips of black walnut. It's a darker grain of wood, too. And so um, it, I have it next to some maple, which is a much lighter colored grain of wood. And so uh, it, a very, very neat and interesting uh, wood to work with. Yeah, it's the it's the heartwood that's darker, right? I believe so. Yep. So that'd be another one reason you want to get it bigger, so you have more of that heartwood and more of that. And then going back to to residential here, kind of jumping mm -hmm. all over the place, but I think most people are probably familiar with black walnut because of the dreaded juglone and mm -hmm. the and killing all killing all your plants um, that grow around it. But I think there's some research out there that says, no, maybe not research, but there's maybe not as much evidence of that as, as people are led to believe. You know, I feel like extension, we've really hung our hat on this whole <laughs> uh, jug loan bit here. Um, there's people that we, we made lists of plants. We did all kinds of stuff here in the past and said, don't put anything by your black walnut. It'll it, black walnut exudes a, a, a chemical known as jug loan. That'll kill your tomatoes or your peppers. Um, and that, that is a process known as allelopathy, which when I look at this uh, article that we're referencing, and we'll link to this also in the, the show notes if, if people want a more in-depth look at this, allelopathy literally means death to others, um, which I think I might name my next pet that. Um, it's like I want to find the softest, cutest, cuddliest pet, pet and name it allelopathy. So we'll, we'll wrap it. There you go. Yes. Come here, Lilapathy. Isn't he cute? Um, so I, th I think the yeah, what they did, Ken, is is people just went back and reviewed the research that's done. They they did a closer, in-depth kind of literature review, and they found out what this isn't the, the effects that were being touted, a lot of it has been anecdotal. It's been just observed, maybe in like a person's backyard here or there not really being able to relate it to black walnut. Is that correct? Is that kind of how you're gauging the the change or the shift in this thought of jug loan and black walnut? Yeah, and I think some of the or some of the stuff that is showing it has been lab results and you're not necessarily getting those same results uh, out in field conditions because out in the field there's so many other factors um, that come into play. And I think some of the big things with you know why you may have issues with plants around black walnut is you know the, the shade um root system um competition so they're taking up the the water and the nutrients uh, i do think they've they found that the juggling will affect seedlings and stuff um which makes sense you know you don't want if you're a tree you don't want the new stuff sprouting up but on established mature plants it doesn't really do anything to them it's more of a, a seedling issue than anything else 
That makes sense. You know, when I plant my tomatoes under an oak tree, they struggle. If I plant them under a maple tree, they'll struggle. If I plant them under a black walnut tree, they're still going to struggle because it's not the right conditions for a tomato plant. Yeah, I think that and that juggling is going to be more. You're going to see more of an effect of that juggling on seedlings than whereas mature plants just kind of grow there. You can go out and find pictures of perfectly healthy tree plants. I know on our, <clears throat> we've got a walnut tree on the property line and we've got um, ferns growing under there, uh, jack in the pulpit, um, some of the zigzag golden run. So we've got plants growing in, you know, under the canopy of the, of this black walnut tree and they're, they're surviving, put them in as transplants and they've not had any issues mm -hmm. with them. So, and I don't know if those are listed on the plants that are or not, are or not affected, um, but I haven't had any issues with those plants. I mean, I grow tomatoes and peppers probably within 30 feet of a black walnut tree, like a, a forest of them. So um, that other than the shade, which I constantly battle in my yard, uh, I don't see much detrimental effect to those plants. Um, so again, that's anecdotal. It's hard, hard to say. Uh, and, and it's really hard to isolate these um occurrences where where black walnut may or may not be a culprit here because when you're out in the yard garden nature forest can't isolate all the factors there's too many variables and you know you can't look at a lab and say this is what is happening here when they take jug loan and they concentrate and they shoot it into a pot soilless media but that's not how nature works there's no soilless media out there there's no uh, black walnuts pipetting their jug loan uh, and concentrating it with a Bunsen burner. That's how I envision it happening. Um, and then injecting it into the ground around them. So uh, yeah, that's not not really how it's working out in nature. Yeah, and one thing I came across from, from one article was, um, you know, talking about wood chips and you know, people being concerned with, you know, walnut and wood chips and stuff. And from what this article was saying that the, the jug loan is not in very high concentrations in the wood so mm -hmm. you know if you're for some reason chipping up or you had to remove a walnut or you had some large branches come down that you chipped up and use that as mulch that's not a concern i don't think the leaves are much of a concern either and those leaves are are fairly small i think they're gonna break down so if we've just blown your mind when it comes to black walnut and all the other vegetable and landscape plants that extension has for years said black walnuts killing these things um uh, don't take our word for it we will leave a link below to the literature review on uh this very topic in our show notes below so ken when it comes to identifying a black walnut tree in your yard um I, obviously the first thing uh would be to note to see if it is dropping any black walnuts which are uh we'll throw a picture in right here uh these these green kind of baseball size husks uh, it, within the husk, there is kind of this, this pulpy material, and then there's a shell uh, within that. And then within that is then the actual nut or kernel there the, of the black walnut. But when it comes to identifying beyond just the fruit, because as Ken mentioned, you, don't, you wait, what, 15 years before you get to a mature fruiting age? So mm -hmm. what do we look for? What, what are some good ways to identify black walnut? Uh, so they're going to have uh, compound leaves. So you've got, you know, this big leaf with all these little leaflets coming off. Uh, that leaf can be um, one to two feet. So it's a pretty big leaf. 
uh, kind of up to 23 leaflets. So again, pretty good size leaf there. Uh, I think one of the the easier ways is if you have a twig and you break it, uh, the set center, the pithy area is kind of chambered. Mm -hmm. um, it looks pretty unique. I don't know if there's any other trees that have that, but I'm not a tree ID expert, so I'll defer to somebody else on that, but I can't think of anything else that does. I, I will, I'll add to that too. So if you want to do winter ID, this is the only one that I know <laughs> in terms of the, the leaf scar. Um, the leaf scar for black walnut has the same head shape and eye and mouth pattern as ET, the extraterrestrial. So when you look at the leaf scar, it looks just like you're looking at ET's head. And I'm sure I can find a picture of that and I'll try to pop that in just as I'm talking about it. Oh, I look forward to that. I have not heard that before. So mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go out this winter. And you can look for E.T. <laughs> now, it, there are also some plants that look a lot like black walnut. Um, you know, they have a compound leaf. So one big leaf, but is actually comprised of many different leaflets along a single, uh, what is it? A, a, not panicle, but it's the rachis. Um, I hope I'm using these botanical terms correctly. We don't have to do this every day, but when we do, we like to get them right. Um, so you have the petiole, and then that petiole then transitions to the rachis, of which the leaflets are attached. Um, and there are plants that look a lot like this. And I, one that comes to mind, which is really popping up in our neck of the woods, is Tree of Heaven. Uh, it has a similar um, compound leaf. The margins of the leaf are definitely different. and um, I know with the tree of heaven, it has two little tooth notches at the base of the leaf and the rest of the leaf has a smooth margin. Whereas uh, I believe black walnut has more of a rougher serrated type edge. And tree of heaven smells bad. It does. Yes. And tree of heaven also kind of has like, when you cut into the stem, it's like almost like I'm cutting into a styrofoam peanut. It has kind of like a real soft center to that stem um, and then then take a whiff of it as Ken suggests because it doesn't smell very good <laughs> or don't <laughs> smell it once then you, you got, know you gotta experience it once uh, yes <laughs> you know not to do that again so Ken let's say we don't have an army of squirrels planting these things in our yard for us is there a a way if I mean for if we have black walnuts maybe we have a neighbor or friend somewhere else in town that has some five gallon buckets full of them where what would we need to do to sprout some new trees uh so i think uh, black walnuts can be one of those that needs some seed stratification so they need to be chilled for three or four months uh 34 40 degrees some of the cooler temperatures somewhere in the 30s um kind of break that dormancy um and then you could if you want to start it inside or something then germinate it uh or just plant them in the ground and and flag it so you know where it is so you don't run over it with a lawnmower or pull it out next mm -hmm. year or I guess and what I've done with some some native plants you know milkweed and stuff I pot them up in the fall and then put them in my garage um, so they're all ready to go and then then bring them in in the spring when I want to get them started so they get that that stratification outdoors yeah and I know because black walnut is so widespread, you find it from Florida to Maine and, and west to Minnesota to Texas. Um, I, ideally, you want to be selecting or, or planting kind of geographically native 
species. You don't want to go down to Florida, grab a black walnut from there and bring it up to Illinois um, and plant it here because there is genetic variability even within the species. And so um, you might not have maybe the cold hardiness or or something that that, that, a species that has lived here for several generations has uh, developed. To you, Ken. (laughs) All right. So that was a a little bit about how walnuts are used and maybe some of the the myths surrounding them and and ways we can grow them. But now we're going to talk about why people are probably listening, and that is eating them. So Ken, uh, curious, do you you have any experience uh, eating black walnuts? Uh, Yes. Our neighbor has a black walnut tree that likes to drop his walnuts in our yard. So Mm. every fall, have the kids go out and pick them, which they are not particularly pleased about sometimes but tell them we gotta pick them up before we cut the grass uh, mm-hmm. and a couple of years ago i tried you know processed them and did not wear gloves and we may get to that later but mm-hmm. uh, i did i did try some uh not my favorite i, t- I oh. prefer the uh the regular walnuts so to speak but okay maybe okay. I, maybe i ate a bad one i don't know you might have had a bad one so uh, i i have also <laughs> we have several black walnuts in our yard. So we have woods behind our house. I'd say like 50 to 60% of that species composition is black walnut hit several with my mower before. Uh, A lot of times they get chopped up. Sometimes they shoot out like a baseball. Um, So you just got to watch out. Um, But, but yeah, I'm very familiar with black walnut in terms of, of growing it, but today our special guest is going to be nutrition wellness educator, Jenna Smith to talk to us about preparing black walnuts. So Jenna, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. You know, I, I actually had a black walnut tree myself uh, growing up and it was, it was right outside of my bedroom window. And I, I was like your kid, Ken. I, I hated these things (laughs) because I always had to like rake them up, you know, before I went out to mow and that was just extra work. Who wants to deal with that? Uh, Plus these things, man, I'm pretty sure I almost rolled an ankle like probably a hundred times you you step on these things and you just, you fly. So yeah, the, the black walnut tree at that time, um, it was not my favorite. Well, to get us going in terms of preparing our black walnut feast, uh, that it sounds like all of us at one point in time in our lives have had, uh, at least just laying around in the yard. Um, Ken, would you please kick us off with, uh, this week's line of questions, please? Sure. Uh, so before we get to using black walnuts or cooking with them or whatever you're going to do with them first we need to get them out of that husk and shell so what's the what's the best way to go about doing this yeah that's that's not an easy task but it can be done so so to get them out of the the husk that's the, the first thing that you have to do and there's kind of a few different options you know the fun option i think is to pile them up in the driveway and actually drive over them a few times i mean that's that's fun um, you know, the husk will slip off and, and the shell should stay intact. Now, you know, if you're driving kind of on a hard surface, um, you can risk, you know, crushing the nut itself. Um, but certainly you can have a go at it, see how, see how it does. It's always, it's always fun. Um, you can also like drill a hole in, in a, like a thick plywood and hammer that nut through and that can help shear you know the husk off as well that kind of leaves that nut intact um you could also just try rolling it with your with a heavy foot uh, i don't always have enough weight under me to really get that job done but you know if you've got a good heavy foot you might try that but 
you know, whenever you're working with black walnuts and, and I don't remember Christopher or Chris or, or Ken that, that actually said it, like wear gloves, right? Wear gloves, wear old shoes, like old clothes, because yeah, it really does, it can stain. So, um, so that's the problem of course with, with black walnuts. And, um, but that's the first step. It's, it's you've got to get it out of the husk. Um, once you then have it out of the husk, then you're actually going to need to wash them, um, wash them off and let it sit to be dried. So just kind of spread them out in like a thin layer, um, you know, put them in a, a well-ventilated area, kind of out of that direct sunlight um, for several weeks until it's nice and dry. And then you've got to actually then remove the shell. So that's kind of the next step. Um, unfortunately, you know, those handheld um, nutcrackers, they really seldom work because the shell is really very hard. And so it's really tough to remove it. Um, but um, you can generally use like a hammer or a vise um, of some sort to, to kind of get that shell off. Um, place a bunch of walnuts in like a burlap sack. You can do that and just kind of strike them with a, with a mallet. A great way to, you know, take off some frustrations that you might be having. So you could always do that. And then just, you know, hand separate them to, to kind of, you know, separate the, the nut from the shell itself. So it's, it's a process, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a fun process, I think. Jenna, after we've taken out all of our aggression and we've beaten this thing to the to, to death, to Dickens, uh, yes, we'll, we'll use that term. Uh, so after we've be beaten this thing into the Dickens, into submission, and it has given us this inside kernel or this nut, what is, like, what are we dealing with? Is this like an English walnut? Like, what is the si like size and, like, what would I be holding in my hand, I guess? Right, right. Well, you know, black walnuts, they, they have a little bit more of a distinctive taste, I guess, you know, than, than an English walnut. Uh, they're a little richer, a little like more earthy kind of in flavor. Uh, size comparison, I guess you would say they're, they're, they're maybe about similar in size. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to be just a little more, a little more flavor, I think, than, than your typical kind of uh, English walnuts. See, Ken, you did have the wrong one. It, they, they do <laughs> taste good. Uh, I've got... Oh, probably seven or eight five-gallon buckets full of them. I'll need to go and <laughs> process them and find out. There you report, go. Report back next week. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so break them down a little further. What are, so I, if most people would say nuts are, are good for you, like, well, at least in moderation. Mm -hmm. um, what are the, the uh, nutritional and health benefits of black walnut? Is that going to be similar to, to English walnut or is it? different. It is going to be similar. You know, like you said, all nuts are going to be very nutritious, but, but walnuts uh, are, are a little bit even, um, uh, you know, more nutritious in, in certain ways. And, you know, at walnuts actually, including the black walnut, they actually have the highest protein content of any other tree nut. So a half a cup of black walnuts has about 15 grams of protein. So, so that's pretty good. Uh, walnuts, they're also a really excellent source of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids, these are essential fats that our bodies cannot make these on our own. And so we have to source them through our diet. So walnuts is a really just great source of omega-3s. Um, and, you know, same with like, you know, salmon and some other fattier types of fish. And a lot of people are like, ooh, fish, I don't want to eat fish. So, hey, walnuts, right? That's a great way to get in 
those omega-3s. And omega-3s, they've been really you know, shown to prevent heart disease and stroke, and they can have a lot of protective factors against like cancer and just many other types of conditions as well. Black walnuts, as well as all of your walnuts, they're also just really rich in fiber, uh, B vitamins, magnesium, and they're really just packed with a lot of antioxidants as well. And, and you may have heard of that term antioxidants before. And these are like substances that fight off what's called free radicals. And free radicals aren't good. Uh, free radicals do damage to our body's cells. And when we have more free radicals than antioxidants, then that's called oxidative stress. And oxidative stress can lead to chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer, even Alzheimer's, just you know, a lot of different things. And so uh, we really uh, you know, need to eat a diet that's full of antioxidants. And one way to do that is to have it in nuts, but also in fruits and vegetables and you know, some other whole grains and things like that will provide us with those antioxidants that our bodies need. So, you know, of course, I think, you know, you mentioned, oh, in moderation, I'm glad you said that word, <laughs> because that is also very key. You don't want to just, you know, eat these things like crazy, right? Because, of course, our walnuts, just like any other type of nut, they do have a lot of fat in them. And when they have a lot of fat, even though it's the good fats, that does bring more calories. Uh, so, you know, making sure, yes, you're eating these in moderation. And a basic you know, serving size, uh, according to USDA, they say 1.5 ounces a day. So what's that? Uh, it's about 20 walnut halves. That's about how much, how much we're supposed to have. So include those into your diet every day. And yeah, it's a great way to get those omega-3s as well as a lot of other nutrients. So you had me when you gave me an excuse not to eat fish. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my... people don't like fish. I love fish, but I, I understand that it's it's a taste that just some don't quite like. So I get it. I You know, I, I have been to the coast and I've had fish prepared there. It's delicious. Central Illinois in the Midwest. Mm, it's got to be have a lot of deep like that deep fried uh crispiness to it uh, it's got to have a lot of batter on there so yes uh, yeah. you know my husband just got a smoker a, a couple of years ago and smoked salmon is it is absolutely amazing i won't even i will not order salmon at a restaurant anymore because mm. it's never as good as the smoked salmon we have at home so i'm telling you Maybe get a smoker. I don't know. I'll, I, I'll do that. Yes, yes. I'll definitely try that because there's half of my family that loves fish and the other half's like, what the old joke is, um, uh, this smells like a dumpster. Let's eat it uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's a Jim Gaffigan joke too. So if we need to cite that source. Uh, all right. So Jenna, I, it we're going to talk about recipes here in just a second, but let's say um, we don't get to preparing our black walnuts right away. Um, or maybe we just want to, try to store these for a long period of time, how should we store them? Are they going to go bad? Because I, I have, like, uh, I think I've had English walnuts in my pantry for like five years now. I don't know if I've ever, they might be bad, but I've never well, touched them. <laughs> they may not be as good of quality as what they were five years ago. <laughs> so okay. that's the thing, you know, um, they're probably not going to cause harm. However, yeah, black walnuts, 
in any kind of nut, right? They have a lot of oil in them, a lot of fat in them. And so they can become kind of rancid over time if they are left at that room temperature. And so it really is recommended to actually store uh, the nut meat in a sealed airtight container in the refrigerator and maintain in the refrigerator for nine to 12 months. Doesn't mean you can't go longer than that. It just nine to 12 months is gonna be the best quality for that nut. Um, you can put them in the freezer as well too, and that will extend the time for up to about two years. Again, if you want to leave them in there for longer, you certainly can. It just means that it's not gonna be probably at the peak quality. And is separating the meat out from the, the nut, the shell, does that affect the storage? Like if you left them in the shell, would that store longer? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you know, if you're in the process of maybe you're drying uh, the, the, you know, the, the walnut, um, but it is still in the shell. And if you are drying them and you're not quite ready though to use them, uh, you can still keep them. You can keep them at, at room temperature for, for a year uh, before you then finally crack them open. But once you've cracked them open, the, the shell, then it's time to really put them in the refrigerator or put them in the freezer. The clock starts ticking once you open them up. Yep. All right. So now that we've opened them up, stored them, or ready to cook with them, um, what, are, what are some uses for black walnuts for cooking? And do you have a favorite recipe? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like simple. I A favorite thing of mine is is actually the uh, black walnut and banana baked oatmeal. And I actually do have that recipe on my blog that I've shared uh, in Simply Nutritious, Quick and Delicious. That's the name of, of my blog. And we can share the link for that. Um, yep. But you can, you can use them in really a lot of baked goods, especially, right? So just a lot of breads. Uh, you know, a walnut cake, or cookies, all of these things that probably maybe are not quite so healthy, even walnut, black walnut ice cream. Uh, I've got an ice cream maker at home. That's one that I have not tried yet, but I think that would be really awesome to, to definitely um, test out. But, you know, certainly too, your black walnuts can be substituted really for, for any other nut. Uh, use it in salads as a topping for salads. I love to have that crunch you know, when I, when I'm, when I'm biting into like a, a nice fresh salad, a lot of just e even different types of, um, you know, salads that are not your traditional greens, but meat salads and, you know, other types of apple salads, you know, great ways to include the black walnut, uh, put them in pasta, pasta, you know, a lot of times we, we may not think of putting, uh, I think, you know, nuts and pasta, but it adds really a good flavor and just a little crunch to it as well. Put them in stir fries. So there's a lot of things that I think you can do with, with the black walnuts and especially just, you know, realizing too that, you know, they can be substituted for really about any type of nut itself. I'll add that I had some of the best ice cream I've ever had down in Southern Illinois. It was a butter pecan black walnut ice cream. Holy moly. That was really yeah. good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I love butter pecan anyway, but butter pecan, black walnut. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds really good. It, I like black walnut to me kind of has like this, like almost a smokiness to it. Like a, I don't know, it's just kind of this darker flavor than a, the English walnut almost. But, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. yep. Now I'm like, here, here's a, a totally underutilized thing. This tree grows everywhere in Illinois. This is a weed. I pull it up all the time. Um, why are we not using this more often? Why do we not see this in grocery stores and at local markets, Jenna? 
Well, you know, I think we, we talked about it, right? Like not too many of us want to put in this effort to crack these things. Mm -hmm. Like they're not easy and it takes time. And, uh, you know, we live in a world right now, especially where it's like, we want easy, we want convenience. This is not convenient, right? So generally, if you find black walnuts in the grocery store, they're already going to be whole. They're already going to be cracked. Um, and generally, they're going to be sold in kind of various, you know, piece sizes. And so they're usually a little bit more expensive uh, than English walnuts. You might be able to find some that are, you know, on sale, things like that. But a lot of times they're a little more expensive because of the fact that they are hand harvested. It, you know, it just takes a lot more work to work with them. So that's why I think, you know, we don't typically see them. We don't see them a lot, but certainly you can, you can look for them, source them, you know, at local markets, you know, see if there's farmer's markets, other local sources that might, that might put in the work for you. Uh, that's always, always great when you have that option around. Well, now I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> uh, some butter pecan with black walnut ice I cream. I said ice yeah. cream and I'm like so hot right now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. As the sun beats into that office there, just, just be reminded if you can't get that ice cream in a couple of days, it's going to be in the teens. So. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm not ready for that yet. No. Ken, I'm not like you. I don't have a beer. I don't have anything to keep me warm. Just take the hair. Just have to, like, yeah, you know. Tighten the bow. Yeah. <laughs> you can get stocking caps where they knit beard ton. Oh, that was oh my so. gosh. <laughs> Ken, can we see a picture of you in one of those, please? I have one when our oldest turned, well, he was a baby. We got one for him because it was red. Mm -hmm. So we wore it. It was a green hat. So we wore it for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's awesome. He showed that during his high school graduation party. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a lot of great information about using black walnuts in our kitchens. And I am, I'm so stoked that I have these trees in my backyard now. So I, I am really excited. Jenna, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. So the Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension. Uh, and today, this week, edited by me, Chris Enroth. Right, Ken? I'm editing. Yeah, you I'm in the hot seat this week. All right. Well, uh, Ken, thank you so much for being here as well. We really do appreciate uh, your time to talk about black walnuts. And I hope you get to those seven five-gallon buckets worth pretty soon. Yes, yeah, like I got a lot of work ahead of me. But uh, thank you, Jenna, for being on. I've got some some ways I can use them now. Hopefully, I just had a bad experience and, they, and I do actually like them. We'll see though. You're welcome, Ken. I, like I said, I want to hear that report. So let me know. <laughs> Will do. All right. And thank you, Chris. Let's do this again next week. Oh, we shall do this again next week. We're going to have a Garden Bite episode for you folks. Uh, extension, we're going to be off at old conference land. And so uh, we're going to be figuring out ways to help educate the Illinois communities and uh, get more information into your hands or in front of your face on the screen, however you like to consume this stuff. Uh, so listeners, thank you for what you do best, and that is listening, or if you're watching us on YouTube, watching, and as always, keep on growing.